1: Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> like I need one thing to go right. Okay. Not that anything has gone that wrong. It's wrong enough. Wrong enough. Wrong enough. What's they call me. <laughs> yay. Woo. <laughs> wow. Speaking of. <laughs> yay. Speaking of yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> or um,
0: wrong enough.
1: <laughs> wrong enough. That was me trying to figure out the killer. I was like. Come on.
0: I have seen this before, could not remember
1: who the killer was. Never seen it, so <laughs> I have, We'll get to it. I guessed it so right, and then went, that's stupid. And then yeah. just never guess <laughs> that again. By the way, we're talking about Scream 2. Scream 2! So in October, we're doing classics
0: sequels. Yes. So like,
1: all the ones that we covered... For like our classics in October before,
0: we're like, what if we do the sequels? Good Mm -hmm, idea, mm -hmm, Kate. mm -hmm. (laughs) Way to go. I pitched it to you in a dream and in my dream, you didn't like it. And I was like, I'm (laughs) going to try it in real life. (laughs) You pitched it to me for real
1: and I was like, yeah, it's great. I don't know why I wouldn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think it's fine. (laughs) Originally, you were like, and then we could do that last month and I was like, Wait, we already had the, the year plan and we mixed yep, it and yep. I was like, <laughs> but now we got
0: it and we're doing sequels and I oh, got
1: hot tea. Hot
0: tea. Let me know how you like the uh, mole plum cider. It's really good. Yeah. Delicious. Fucking good shit. I love a, I love a spicy tea. I made sure you got a cardamom pot in there. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs>
1: Speaking of spicy tea. Oh. No, we're no. doing stream two. Um, I have <laughs> some notes. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, it was very similar to Scream in the whole like cheekiness. Yeah. Which I was like, good. Yeah. I'm glad they kept that. I That's my favorite a, part a, of Scream. I had somewhat of a qualm where I was like, really? I couldn't tell if it was yeah. supposed to be ironic or like. We probably had the same qualm. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh. But we'll get to it. So I had Scream 2. <laughs> Woo! It was made in 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed again by Wes Craven. Also did Nightmare on Elm Street, the first four Scream films. I guess we're not involved. Well, i think wait was craven dead <laughs>
0: he died recently I yeah think. i was like right yeah.
1: i was like for a minute i was like oh, surprised he's not involved with the other scream films and i went i think he
0: might be yeah, dead, and that's why he died in 2015 that okay good so then, not not good sorry sir <laughs> but
1: i wondered i was like wait why isn't he doing the other <laughs> from beyond the grave i mean if anyone would do it it'd be him yeah so yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first four screen films, The Last House on the Left, The People Under the Stairs, Red Eye, oh, Swamp Thing, yeah. and The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I've not seen, oh. but that was one of the first, not first, but that's a, is that a zombie film, I think? I've,
0: yeah. I think I've seen it, but it's been
1: so long that I don't yeah, remember.
0: I've never seen it. I've, I think someone read the book? I don't know. I need to look back into this. I know. It sounds so familiar, but I might just be We've talked wrong. about it. I know we've yeah. talked about it. I just don't remember in what
1: context, but yeah. Okay. So we'll look that up. Uh, written by Kevin Williamson. Also did Scream, Scream 4, mm-hmm. and this one, obviously. He created Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. the Vampire Diaries. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Well, those are the shows he created. Then he directed, or writ, oh my God. wrote, <laughs> I Know What You Did Last large. Summer. <laughs> the faculty, cursed, sick, and his only directorial work was Teaching Miss Tingle.
0: I, know, I don't I, know what I that is, like that but title. I don't like the name. No. <laughs> I didn't even
1: look it up because I was like, I don't mm, want to know. No. If you all know what it is and it's not something gross, let me know, I guess. <laughs>
0: it's going to be like a sweet little children's movie about, yeah. like, Mrs. Claus like, and Like, it's her great.
1: <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, Tangle.
0: Oh. Uh-uh. Uh, okay, cinematography was Peter
1: Deming. Also did Evil Dead 2, It Takes Two, mm. House Party, Drop Dead Fred, Joe's Apartment, Austin Powers, Scream 3, Mulholland Drive, Drag Me to Hell, hey. The Menu... Uh, and actually, there's a lot more. The menu. Yeah, there was like a lot. And I was like, I'll put these. And then if people are interested, look him up. He's done like a lot. Another Austin Powers film is in there. Um, yeah, wild. Not just Austin Powers. I don't know why I used that as like, look him up. He's also done more Austin Powers. <laughs> For some reason, I was into it. Yeah. Uh, the music was Marco Beltrami. Beltrami? Hmm? Beltrami. Eh? I don't know.
0: Beltrami. Salami.
1: I'm not going to say that. I'm sorry, Marco. <laughs> uh, also did Scream. Mimic, The Faculty, Resident Evil, The Woman Mm. in Black, A Quiet Place, (gasps) The Nun 2, Hellboy, and Logan. Okay. And more. There were other ones, but yeah. I was like, The Nun 2. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Maybe the music slaps. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Budget was $24 Holy shit, tits. I know. Is that a lot? That seems like... Yeah. I feel like slasher films are... Yeah. Somewhat of the I don't want to say easy cuz they're not easy. Yeah. But the special effects I feel
0: like could be lower than others cuz you're not doing like a monster. Yeah, there's no like yeah.
1: supernatural element to try to make. So I was yeah. like surprised. I was yeah. like, "Dang." Um, but yeah, 24 million. Uh, do you know how much it made?
0: Um, it made a lot. Mm-hmm. It did well. Yeah. 150 million? You were so close. It was 172. Oh my god. Yeah. Hot <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn. Wow. <laughs> Woo! I think the only reason I knew that Was because I was looking at Scream 1. Yeah. And like just Scream. And I saw how much it made. I was like, okay, this one has to be somewhere near there. It's always, I feel like, the second one in a thing of sequels that does well.
1: Because if the first one's great, people are like, gotta see the second one. What did we talk about where we were kind of mad when they do like like cliffhangers almost Mm -hmm. in like a first movie. Mm -hmm. So that way they almost force you to see the second. Yeah. Cause this one doesn't do that. But I was like, dang, it still got you though. Cause you were like another killer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I love. Um, yeah. And then I only have one fun fact, which is about the script. Oh, um, he started writing the script for scream, like immediately after, like just so quick after he was like, yeah, I got to do this. Um, he had a concept where the character of Sidney Prescott would now be attending college, obviously and a copycat ghost face killer would start a new series of murder. Uh, they agreed to pursue the sequel in March of 1997. He had already written 42 pages of the plot. He was like, nah, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> Incredible. Um, involved four different killers, which was like Derek, Hallie. Is it Hallie or Haley? Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember how they say it. It might be Haley. Yeah. But, uh, then Cotton, Weary and Nancy Loomis. So, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. um, transferred a script to the production but it was leaked on the internet in full so it revealed the identity of the killers and a large amount of the involved plot dang which resulted in the production like continuing to film but only with partial scripts like (laughs) so to avoid another incident this is a quote (laughs) uh from Williamson so They were worried the killer's identity would be leaked, so we wrote several endings, three in all. If memory serves, and when actors and potential crew members asked to read the script, we would send the script with the dummy ending. There was even a fake ending where Dewey was the killer. They existed as a decoy and nothing more. Extreme measures, but we really wanted to keep the killer's identity a secret. Incredible. (laughs) That's so funny that it got leaked, and then people were like, fuck, now we just need fake ones. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's
1: like, that's so funny. Oh, damn. So, uh, yeah. It's oh, my fun little facts. I that's didn't really a have fact. a ton. I, I was worried that if I went too far, I would like get stuff from like nerd corners. Mm. So I was like, I'll just wait. Mm. So yeah,
0: that's it. Thank you for the fun facts. You're welcome for the fun facts. Uh, you were so happy. And I was like, she hasn't remembered yet. <laughs> I never do. No. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: a girl survived a murder, but can she do it
0: again? Ooh, Okay, okay, go. okay. That's not bad. So, Rotten Tomatoes has one that I think is entirely too long.
1: Oh, good. So, <laughs> mine was pithy and good.
0: And then IMDB keeps it... Damn it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I thought you were just going to be like, good job.
0: You did a good job. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read you Rotten Tomatoes yeah, first. please. And I'm probably going to stumble over it because I feel like there are some commas that need to be added and some that need to be taken out. There's some but commas. But, of course, I didn't do that. No. <laughs> so... Sydney and tabloid reporter Gail Weathers survive the events of the first scream, but their nightmare isn't over. When two college students are murdered at a sneak preview of Stab, a movie based on the events from the film, it's clear copycat killers on the loose. Sydney and Gail, as well as fellow survivors Deputy Dewey and Randy, have to find out who is behind this new murder spree before they all end up dead. All right. So the whole movie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. rotten tomato. Love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, IMDB. Keep it small. <laughs> Two years after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimates to college life, someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings.
1: Yeah. That was pretty close to what I did. Yeah. I love that. Pretty that was great.
0: great. Yeah. yeah, Good stuff.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to talk. I don't know what you're going to do. Because <sighs> we already talked about, like, in the first one, we talked about how it's, like, ironic, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> we know the tricks and the, the fun stuff. But What are you going to do now? That's a really good question. Kay. Do you have any gear seals? My thought was that you could potentially, like, continue it. Um, and then my thought was something to do with, like, keeping things secret. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I read that about the script leaking and I was like, secrets in Hollywood and, like, decoys oh. and trying to keep secrets from the audience. That'd I wasn't cool. sure. And, like, the crew. So. Yeah,
0: so I didn't know about the script leaking. Oh, really? That was actually okay. a fun fact I had not. I come wasn't across.
1: sure, and I was like, "What if I read that?" And then she's like, Ashley, I'm covering this." And no. I've been like,
0: "Whoa!" No, <laughs> I knew that he like sold Scream, and then he was like, "Don't worry, I'm already working on Scream two and Scream 3. Yeah, so, like, he was already working on them, he but was I ready to go. I did not know the scripts were leaked.
1: Yeah, apparently. Okay, that's so. wild. So what are you
0: doing? <sighs> okay, so okay, I love Scream because it's gloriously self aware mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the horror genre. And I enjoy Screen 2 because it's not just self referential as a horror film, but also so clearly invokes the cultural context and some of the prevailing dialogues and tensions in the late 90s. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about meta awareness. Love and it. Cultural context. Hell yeah. And societal tensions. <laughs> I don't know why I sang saying that one. Wow, all of them. Yeah, all of them. All the gang's all year. I got my fingers stuck in my hair. <laughs> sorry. What was the... I had a moment. I didn't even see it, so I was like, what do you doing? I've been awake too long.
1: I get it. I got up at five as well, and then I went back yeah. to sleep, and it didn't work.
0: Mm. I tried I'm to so go back sleepy. to sleep, but I wasn't brave, and I couldn't get through my stomach ache. <laughs> I wasn't brave. So I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh (laughs) Meta-awareness. So it's not just used to create connection with the audience, but it's also used to establish the context of the film. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, it allows direct connections and statements to be made instead of indirect symbolism or more murky allegory. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with allusions or allegory or symbolism by any means. And there are inherent risks to grounding something so clearly within a specific time period. Yeah. You risk cementing it so firmly in a year or decade that it loses relevance with viewers as the film ages. Mm -hmm. And I think I brought that up previously for a novella. It was, like, I Who think. Run the Frog Hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my professor was just like, oh, my God, this hit so hard. The nostalgia. And was like, I wasn't right. alive then. So it doesn't I it. You're like, like, get it. He's like, the song? And I was like, I think I heard it on the oldies station. Like, just really twisting just the knife. in him. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was, like, entirely lost on me. Yeah. Because it wasn't something that I was familiar mm-hmm. with. So, like, all of the references were very, like, tethered to that. Yeah. So it's possible that I feel like Scream 2 hasn't lost relevance primarily because I was alive when it Mm -hmm. happened, unlike the 80s. But there's also the fact that some things unfortunately remain relevant or come in cycles. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to that. There are two scenes where I think the political and social context is made especially clear, but I want to follow them up directly with a glossary of figures and references. Okay. Because not everyone was alive in the 90s and tuned into political and social news. If
1: you weren't alive in the 90s, what were you doing? What were you doing? What were you doing? Being a Gen Z. born?
0: (laughs) Fucking gross, <laughs> nerds. So for us, we were deaf alive in the '90s, yes. but not really old enough to be deeply invested in political mm-hmm. discourse. When I was five, I or not even five, I was two when a lot of this stuff happened. I was say, yeah, yeah. I, I was agree. probably five, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> don't care." It's like pre-verbal or something. Anyway, uh, so the very first scene uh is in the film class mm-hmm. and this is like a classic um in horror films <clears throat> and just yeah in general like in fantasy or in a lot of different things where you have like this establishing dialogue mm-hmm. through class or you can talk about like symbolism through that yeah so in um hereditary mm-hmm. they have like classroom scenes where people are talking about like all that i was about to say they're talking about morality i was like i don't remember what they're talking about <laughs> <I just laughs> they, do. <laughs> they talked about something real good um so this is the class Uh, film teacher you could say what happened in that theater was a direct result of the movie itself and then CC says that is so moral majority you can't blame real life violence on entertainment film class guy number one yes you can don't you ever watch the news film class guy number two Hello, the murderer is wearing a ghost mask, just like in the movies. It's directly responsible. CC No, it's not. Movies are not responsible for our actions. So that was not a good dramatization, and I apologize for that, but... You didn't put your heart into it. I, I can <laughs> try. Faden. But I can't follow Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, wow. it would be disrespectful to her, her to, you know, try. Uh, so that's early in the film. Now yeah. we cut to the end. There are spoilers, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know that that's going to be deeply upsetting for you, you know. Yeah, I didn't watch the end, so... No. This is gonna be hot and tough. No, it's a uh, slumber party master all over again. Did that once. <laughs> I
1: was like, what pool? What are you talking about? <laughs> I still don't know what happened.
0: Like, whatever. Move <clears> on. <throat> so, this is uh, Mickey's mm-hmm. monologue, his yeah. villain monologue. Because uh, Sydney's like, Billy was just a sick fuck. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, Billy was a sick fuck who tried to get away with it. Mickey is a sick fuck who wants to get caught yeah see I got my whole defense planned out I'm gonna blame the movies pretty cool huh it hasn't been done before you see this is just the beginning a prelude to the trial because see that's where the real fun is because all these days it's all with the trial I don't know why I keep saying it like I'm trying to get through something that was not him that was me sorry I don't want to misquote Mickey <laughs> I'm back in I love it. this because you see, that's where the real fun is, because these days it's all about the trial. Can you see it? The effects of cinema violence on society. I'll get Dershowitz or Cochran to represent me. Bob Dolan, the witness stand in my defense. How the Christian Christian coalition will pay my legal fees. It's airtight, Sid. I'm an innocent victim. So now is the time for the glossary. Because Ooh, some of these things are like still around. Some right. of them are more, not antiquated, but just not as right, this readily is, like, apparent. Huh. <laughs> so moral majority. Yeah. When Cece said it uh, that was just a lot for me to say. When CC said it. <laughs> uh, I was like, that sounds very familiar and I do not know why. Uh so it was, quote, an American political organization associated with the Christian right and Republican Party. It was founded in nineteen seventy nine by Baptist Menager, Menager. Menager.
1: Manager Manager. 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 It's like a <laughs> Religious manager.
0: Yeah. Religious manager. Miniature. (laughs) Miniature. Baptist minister. Yeah. Jerry Falwell Sr. and Associates and dissolved in the late 1980s. It played a key role in the mobilization of conserved Christians. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if you had to cough. No. I'm sorry. (laughs) I wanted to yawn, but I wanted to back away. No, I started like speeding up and I was like, no, the respectful thing is to pause. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) It's just a sleepy day.
0: (laughs) Boy, do I feel it. I know. So the moral majority, quote, played a key role in the mobilization of conservative Christians as a political force, and particularly in Republican presidential victories throughout the 1980s. Mm. That was from Wikipedia. Okay. So I have a shit ton of research on Jerry Falwell and how the Christian right became involved in politics and mobilized yeah. around abortion, and I dug out a 30-page grad school paper that I wrote. Woo. It was called, like, a field guide, mm-hmm. and essentially we had to pick, like, 10 terms that mm-hmm. we had learned throughout the semester right? and then have our own, like, topic or, like, area of interest, mm-hmm. and mine was, like... Um, politics around abortion access yeah. and just abortion in general. And the Christian right was not involved in politics like right. before basically the late 70s, early 80s. And they were only brought into it, and like abortion only became a like religious fueled argument mm-hmm. because they tried to get the religious right organized over segregation. Yeah. And it, like that's how all this shit was brought in. It's fucking wild. So I went through my paper to see if I could find anything to, like, pull, and I was like, I can't talk about Jerry Falwell. (laughs) I just emotionally cannot. Uh, So just no connected to moral majority and Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff around this. Uh, But the mobilization of conservative Christians actually moves us on to another org that was name-dropped, the Christian Coalition. Yeah. So it was a Christian advocacy group founded by Pat Robertson. in 1987, and yes, that Pat Robertson, uh, he was a Christian commentator that opposed feminism, queer rights, abortion, liberal college professors, among other things. He famously insinuated that Hurricane Katrina was God's punishment for abortion. And before it's not funny, but it's, it's like, it's okay. not funny, but it's, yeah. Sometimes it's so ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and before that, agreed with Jerry Falwell when he said of nine eleven quote, the ACLU has a lot of blame to take for this. In addition to the pagans, the abortionists, the feminists, and the gays, and the lesbians who have helped the terror attacks of September 11th happen. I did this? I did this? We, we did You this. were like, I'm safe. All the lesbians, fuck. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? So it was, I think Jerry Falwell was on pat robertson's show mm-hmm. and jerry falwell said that and pat robertson was like i completely concur <laughs> and then later jerry falwell like had to apologize or something and robertson was like Ngh! i said what i said <laughs> yeah um so he finally kicked it this year at the age of 93 he did uh, so you <laughs> you by uh the christian coalition has put money and work via pamphleting into electing conservatives that align with their views they technically still exist under a different name, and after years of struggling with the courts to get a tax-exempt status, despite the fact that they distribute political pamphlets in church, they are now a 501c4, and that's apparently noteworthy, that they actually won against the IRS, given how clearly they are in politics. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so that's the Christian Coalition and Pat Robertson. Okay. So, uh, next up, we have Dershowitz and Cochran. Mm-hmm. So, Alan Dershowitz and Johnny Cochran are both involved in the O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. which would have been the most timely reference here, uh, just given when right. the movie came out. But Dershowitz has also been involved in some way with the legal teams of Julian Assange, Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, and Trump. Yeah. Uh, an example of someone staying relevant, even though the reference in this film was from over two decades ago.
1: Yikes, a rooney. Yeah.
0: So, at the time, it was like, oh, the O.J. Simpson. Right like, team or whatever. Right. But since then, it's been like, oh, Epstein. Oh, oh Weinstein. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it just kept getting... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading about Alan Dershowitz. This is the most I've ever read about Alan yeah. Dershowitz. And they're like, yeah, he was, like, a Democrat, and he, like, voted for Hillary. And I was like, he defended Trump. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. So I have, like, I know people in law that are very much, like, we think the law should be like protecting everyone, regardless of political beliefs right. or like personal stances. And it's cool that they think that. <laughs> Good for them. For it's sure. cool that they have you know uh, morals and opinions that guide their work. I, love I that. yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, couldn't be me though. Couldn't be me. Uh, anyway. Fine. Next name. Yeah. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Uh, I, he, that's always been a name where I was like, I have very little understanding of who this person is. Yeah. And now I have too much understanding of who this person is. Spent too much time looking at Bob Dole. Spent too much time. Not at all related to bananas. I know. I know. Stupid. Upsetting. Yeah. Um, I think that was actually on his Wikipedia where people are like, no, not bananas. You're
1: Dole. And I mean, you're like fruit.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, so Bob Dole yeah. was a Republican, presidential, hopeful, and U.S. senator representing Kansas. Mm-hmm. He also gave very impassioned speeches calling out Hollywood's responsibility for violence in America mm. and the erosion of traditional values. Oh. And yes, I do have direct quotes from huh. one such speech. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know you really wanted to I was to waiting. Yeah. Uh, so May of 1995, mm-hmm. uh, the year the script was bought by Miramax. <laughs> so of note, he did not save all of his ire for Hollywood. He also really had a problem with rap. Um <laughs> And while there is definitely misogyny and gendered sexual violence in some rap songs, there's also hella misogyny in the alt and emo boy bands I grew up loving. So it's like, to call out specifically only rap is like, so you're just being racist. I going to say, <laughs> I'm like,
1: sounds like racism to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: I, I don't have like the space to focus on it, and it's also not, you know... We're not a music podcast. (laughs) Who knew? Um, But I do want to say that, like, I'm only focusing on his commentary around the film. Right. His commentary around rap music is very racist. Right. So, here we are. Um, Direct quote. My voice and the rising voices of millions of other Americans who share this view represent more than the kaji old attempt of one generation to steal the fun of another. Great intro. Uh, (laughs) A line has been crossed, not just of taste, but of human dignity and decency. It is crossed every time sexual violence is given a catchy tune when teen suicide is set to an appealing beat, when Hollywood's dream factories turn out nightmares of depravity. You know what I mean. I mean natural born killers, true romance, films that revel in mindless violence and loveless sex. The mainstreaming of deviancy must come to an end, but it will only stop when the leaders of the entertainment industry recognize and shoulder their responsibility. But let me be very clear. I am not saying that our growing social problems are entirely Hollywood's fault. They are not. People are responsible for their own actions. Movies and music do not make children into murderers but a numbing exposure to graphic violence and immorality does steal away innocence, smothering our instinct for outrage. And I think we've reached the point where our popular culture threatens to undermine our characters a nation. Okay. Yeah. He goes okay. on to call out specifically Time Warner and Ice-T. <laughs> Ice-T, you criminal! <laughs> I think because he had a song called, like, Cop Killer yeah, or probably. something. And I was like, wasn't ice Tea later a cop on a show? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's just funny how things happen. Um, <laughs> but the core here is that he's leveling the accusation at like record companies and movie makers that they're contributing to the rise of violence in society. Mm-hmm. And this is what Mickey invokes in his monologue when he says Bob Dole will be on the witness stand in his defense. You have feelings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really fucking funny. I don't yeah. know. Because like, I grew up playing violent video games oh. and bullshit all the time. And I'm still like... I cried the other day because a kid stepped on a bug. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't... <laughs> it, just, it just makes me laugh really hard. Because yep. I'm like, you're taking so much blame away from people that are just sick of, like, they're just wild, nasty people. Yeah.
0: Or, you know, all right, Bob, the do you. maybe the way, the way we dehumanize other people, maybe, maybe that could do it. Maybe that could do it. <laughs> maybe that could be at play here. You're <laughs> like, it's the movies. It's like, the movies. Okay. Yeah. So it's more than just referencing, like, right. a moment or a person's also pulling in the cultural dialogue, pressures, and tension. And yeah. I love when you can, like, say, like, this is one of the current, like, debates, but it also pulls in all of those, like, sticky webs yeah, and tensions yeah. around it. And I read an article from the LA Times circa 1995 written by Robert Welkos and Daniel Cerrone. I don't know if that's how you say it. C-E-R-O-N-E. Cerrone. So you
1: know. did it so fast that I was like, did you just spell something?
0: I don't know. I forgot what I said five like-
1: seconds ago. you got to spell things slow. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm going to pick a few separate quotes from this article to explore some of the mm-hmm. ways that Dole's speech and the political thrust behind it impacted yeah. the entertainment industry and those that work in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Quote. Hollywood has had two months to digest Dole's initial broadside. It's clearly business as usual for most of TV, movies, and music. What's less obvious are the hints of a ripple-down effect in some business and creative corners. Some of that chill was evident when scores of Hollywood's elite turned down requests to discuss the issue for this story. Several explained through representatives that they don't wish to become targets of the religious right. There's a theory out there right now that if Republicans take office, there will be a blacklist of people who spoke against them, said the director of one public relations agency. Still, a broad spectrum of people in entertainment did speak, revealing that while virtually all voice opposition, that while all voice opposition to government-imposed censorship of the arts, they are cognizant of their impact on society and believe some self-imposed limits are necessary. Separate part of the article, or maybe the same. Uh, I kind of separate things out. Don't even yeah. know anymore. Uh, director Oliver Stone, whose film *Natural Born Killers* was targeted in Doles' Hollywood speech, mm-hmm. said the Republican senator missed the point unheard of (laughs) Uh, his satirical tale of two serial killers on a rampage he insists was meant to expose the violence in our society not exploit it uh dole isn't proposing censorship or passing legislation but then neither did mccarthy stone said by creating a climate of paranoia they create a chilling effect so when asked to doyle Doyle, dole i don't know i tried to say doyle twice When asked if Dole's offensive had any impact on filmmakers he knows, director John Landis responded bluntly. For all practical purposes, of mm-hmm. course not, because it was a clear, blatant, hypocritical bit of sophistry that was solely, solely for political purpose. <laughs> what Dole has done, Landis said, is raise the specter of censorship, and that must be dealt with strongly. So the rest of the article talks about the rap portion of Dole's speech, discusses mm-hmm. studies on how many violent events you could see on a TV screen in an eight-hour period, 18-hour period, and mentions a piece of legislation Congress was working on that would, mm-hmm. like, require the industry to provide ratings for TV programs and then of televisions to install components that would support parental controls, etc. So this article covers a lot of ground, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that in itself is fascinating. So there's an inciting is- incident, mm-hmm. dull speech, and then an attempt to identify all of the immediate impacts and ripple effects. But you can't get to all of those ripple effects. Like, right. Are there concrete outcomes like people being fired or projects being canceled or delayed Mm -hmm. debatable? They briefly mentioned two of them. uh, But one of them is like this. His firing had no bearing or whatever, like whatever. Yeah. Debatable. Uh, But then how do you quantify a chilling effect Mm -hmm. when it's more about fear of reprisal or a gradual decline into censorship? So it's hard to point out with any certainty. Anyway, (laughs) I know this dialogue of violence in media impacting children has continued So I remember it being a topic of discussion uh, Mm -hmm. in the aughts in 2010s. Around that time, more focused on violent video games. Yeah, yeah. but it's a topic that hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. It's just expanded and shifted. Mm -hmm. And it's like when we were in undergrad, it's like I have not taken a psych class in like a decade now or nearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I graduated in 2015. So like I can't speak with any certainty on where the field is, but I know that when I did study it, it was like – you can do all of the studies you want, but determining causation mm-hmm. is impossible because you can't isolate it. Right. So it's like there are so many factors, things could be like correlation does not prove causation. Mm-hmm. So it could be that people that are like predisposed to mm-hmm. seeking out certain types of video games are also going to maybe predisposed to like aggression. Right. Or that people that have Um, Like, Rough Home Lives don't have restrictions on, like, the types of games that they have access to. Like, there are just so many different directions you could go. Yeah. And so, like, the field of psych is still, like... (laughs) We think something's happening. (laughs) We don't know. And it's, like, I didn't even want to touch the psych of this. Because it doesn't feel, like... People's entire careers are studying this. Yeah. And so me, in, like, a couple hours, isn't gonna, like, break it down. (laughs) Like,
1: I'm not gonna... We can't do this.
0: But this is to say that, like... It's still ongoing. Yeah. It's decades long. Right. And this wasn't even the start of it, like, obviously. But this movie, like, doesn't have to answer those questions mm-hmm. or figure it out or, like, take a side, but it captures all of this, like, tension and anxiety yeah. in this way where it's kind of like, <laughs> remember how everyone's, like, panicking about that? Let's talk about it in, like, this, um, not, like, self-referential differently, but um, sacrilegious way yeah. almost. So indirectly referencing it it draws in a wealth of cultural context and allows you to build connections in the Mm -hmm. moment but then also looking back because we're like oh shit we're still there (laughs) and it's just in like two scenes and in one of them it's even cheekily calling out its own existence as a sequel to a successful film I know so it's self-referential firmly grounded in a political and social moment I'm Mm -hmm. reeling this movie has everything I know like those are the things that I want is like, I can it's identify. It's guy. It's so cheeky. It is. And so I just, I don't think that I have anything profound to say at all. Just that I love that it pulled something like so specific. Yeah. That still is relevant to us. Right. And also spoke to like things that I was vaguely familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it, I love when I can watch a movie from like several decades ago. Yeah. And it doesn't feel inherently dated by the references. Yeah, like, you can still get it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Context clues yeah. are enough to be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And then also, like, I'm biased in that, like, this is a nostalgic time period for me. Right. So, like, Gen Z probably will be like, Love no one 90s. fucking knows who that is. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, all right, well, fuck off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jennifer Aniston who? Don't talk to me. Um, but no, I actually don't have a problem with Gen Z. I but know. It's I, fine. <laughs> I'm saying that like I can't say it's not dated because I am part of are, the target demographic. Yeah, I
1: like there are things that I'm like, I, they probably wouldn't know.
0: Yeah. Or they would. And I. w they're and yeah. I don't know, but But yeah. even with like you could have taken out all of the references to mm-hmm. Dershowitz and Cochran and Bob Dole. Like you could have taken out all the names. Right. And that dialogue, that debate is still going today. Yeah. Just like it's expanded because it's right. talking about like Virtual reality and video games and stuff. Yeah. And it, I, I, I live for cultural context of films. <laughs> I love it. So that's society.
1: That was an absolute
0: treat. <laughs> I loved it. I assumed it would be something like that. But Ooh. I was
1: like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure.
0: <laughs> yep. I was like, um, I'm giving entirely too much airtime to Bob Dolan. I'm sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Our bad. Oops. Uh. Oh, that was a blast. I uh, can't wait to talk about it. And also... Is the qualm that the only characters of color die first? Because that was my yeah. qualm. Because so, I get it.
0: One character of color survives, and it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... Yes. I had the same qualm in that, like, she is... Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, I think Maureen... Yes. ...is, like, saying so. very valid critiques of, mm-hmm. like, whiteness in film and, like, all this disposability, and it's played for laughs, and I'm like, is this is this so self-aware that they're making fun of themselves or is it making fun of people who point out the very valid critiques? And I know. And I, I was spiraled. like, having a breakdown.
1: Yes, yeah, It was like, I wanted her character to be like, I, I thought it was going to be funny that she would survive to the end. And that yep. was going to be the joke. Yep. I thought it was going to be like, she's calling all these things out yep. and that's how she survives. Yep. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be great. And then she gets stabbed once. And I went, you can survive a stab. Yes. And then she gets stabbed again. And I was like, hmm. (laughs) And it, like, kept going. I was like,
0: oh, less likely to survive. Because when they
1: killed the boyfriend, I went, okay. Like, that is obviously, like, a, oh, it's a joke on the the black character always dies first. And, like, oh, that sucks, you know. And I thought it was supposed to be, like, he also just wasn't taking the critiques of the horror film seriously. And that's kind of why he died. So I was like, oh, a double. A little twofer there. I Uh get it but then she died and i went no. Yep. <laughs> I was like what are you doing? Mhm. So part uh, of me gets it and then
0: part of me was mad. So i was like oh. And i feel like so much of that was also kind of like in the 90s and like maybe early aughts. there was so mm-hmm. much of like we're post racial we can like point out problems yeah. but it's not happening anymore and so like we can make fun of all the tropes that were, like, really bad. And it's like, Like, but what you actually did was kill two characters of color right away. Immediately. And have one of them. Like, she didn't have, like, the Christ sacrifice situation, but she was being viewed by all the white people. And so it was, like, a horrific experience for a woman of color to be surrounded by white people cheering her death. And it's also not, like, really understanding that we are still very much a racist society. I was, like, a wee bit uncomfortable and yes. upset
1: about it. But yes. I'm like, okay. But I that's it. the hard part about Scream, though, is that I'm like, I get it. You're making commentary. That's like kind of a whole point. But also. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I will say it up front. That's my qualm. I was yep. like upset about it. I feel it. Okay. So now we're talking about horror. <laughs> I always make a joke about like, but the real horror is society. I'm like, Nikki, you can't make it anymore.
0: <laughs> you need to stop. Um it down then as a treat.
1: <laughs> a little treat. Yeah. Uh, my first note is that I would never watch a movie in a theater like that. No. Like that rowdy. Absolutely not. And I said, unless it was Twilight. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I did go to the midnight screenings of Twilight. And yeah. they were never that rowdy. But they were like, ooh, yeah. Like everyone yeah. was pumped. And yeah. like people dressed up. But yeah. it was never like that. That, that was like the scariest part for me. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, ew. Mm-mm. It was
0: way too crowded. I'm like, please sit down. I can't see over you. Yeah. Like I was like, can you all stop?
1: Um, but yeah, that was my first note. And then I said, this boyfriend sucks. This girlfriend deserves better. Yes. Uh, immediately. Not just because she was making valid critiques and he wasn't listening, but like Mm. everything he did was just shitty. Like he just annoyed me so bad. (laughs) Same. Um, still a bummer he died first though, you know? Yeah. And then I wrote, this girl better not die. I I was like, this is when I still believe she wouldn't. So I was like, what a cheeky fun note. They're not going to do that to me. then I said, oh, is the boyfriend going to die first? Ew! what a yeah. gross death. Just had to be a black man dying first, huh? Is yeah. that going to be a trope they play with? I kind of hope so. And then it kind of wasn't really. Like, it never became a big thing that they commented on. It was yeah. kind of a funny little throwaway joke in the beginning. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a continuation. Yeah, it's not. And then I said, for real? I said, there better be a twist. And that's when they killed Jada Pinkett Smith. I was like, ha! she's going to be alive, right? Yeah. No. And then I just stopped taking notes for a second because i was mad yeah <laughs> So yeah. my next note is just i like that it keeps that make fun of ourselves stuff this is back now when they're talking in like the room yeah. like the classroom i was like fine i'll keep going um oh nope i was still mad <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I said, also i need to know if the black character's dying first is some sort of commentary or just shitty yeah then i stopped taking notes yep <laughs> and then i got to the part where dewey came back
0: how is Dewey not, she's, he's not related to Sydney. Sydney. No, he's like a close family friend. That's like, what I thought. Always like older brother to Okay, because I wrote, is Dewey her brother? And I was like, I don't think so. Mm-mm.
1: I was like, I need to ask Kate. Because then she says like, oh, it's a close friend. So I was yeah. like, okay, it's not her brother. Um, uh, It's uh, Tatum's older brother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But Tatum died in the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. So this makes sense. And then I wrote, can't trust anyone again. Ah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I always think that I'm, they're not, like, going to get me. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the first one, I was, like, I already knew the killers because I'd seen it. So I was, like, haha, you can't trick me. This is so obvious. But I've never seen this one. So I was going into it with the same mentality of the first one. Mm-hmm. And
0: immediately I was, like, ah, Yeah. Was like, Who? Yeah. And I'm- I'd seen it before. And I was still, like, oh, shit, they're really setting up everyone I really know. well. Because I bet you... If-
1: I bet you the first time that I watched Scream, I had no idea. But because I'd seen it, I was like, they can't trick me. This is so easy. How do people fall for this? (laughs) And then watching this, I went, I get it now. Yeah. I see why they fell for it. It's because every single person, I was like,
0: you scumbag. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you pizza shit. Oh, they died. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They died. I'm like, RIP. You didn't deserve that. (laughs) Sorry, Randy. (laughs) It's so bad.
1: But, um... I, that's why I love this movie so much, and it's so hard for me to pick out any kind of like technical things because I spend <laughs> my
0: entire time trying to figure out the killer. <laughs> so I'm really sorry my notes suck. No, I love it. It's just me going, "Who is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Suspicious Gale.
1: <laughs> I literally like one of my <laughs> one of my notes is literally, "Oh, sweet Dewey." I think I'm Dewey. It's Dewey the killer because <laughs> I just was on a ride. I do think I'm Dewey. Yeah. Every time Dewey would be like really dopey and then be like, I don't know, maybe it's you, me trying to lower your expectations. And I was like, I do that. I, <laughs> I do that. that. <laughs> I love Dewey. Uh, I said, I'm scared of these sorority yeah. girls. So yeah. now we're on my sorority girl thing. I think yeah. it's them. Yeah. This is where I've solidified it. And I'm like, it's yeah. them. Don't be stupid. Yeah. So there we go. Um, <laughs> I said, oh, cool, Nosferatu's on. Yeah, I loved that. I had a moment I when like, I was like,
0: oh, I see the stair creep that Nikki had talked about. Yeah, uh, right? And I was like, oh, that's fun, you know?
1: And little horror movie tie-in. They had so many good horror movie tie-ins. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. they had the Wes Craven. They had the uh, the sweater yeah. from Lightroom on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Just little things. And I was like, this movie is just like a little candy bowl. And you're just... That, it.
0: that's why i feel like scream is just such a treat for horror fans yeah. because you can just like there's so many little references everywhere it, it's not only just like references too but like
1: so you know those movies that are spoofs of mm-hmm. like scream like yeah. scary movie they're supposed to also be that like where it's like a little tree haha but mm-hmm. they're obviously making fun of it this is so much be- Well, obviously it's better we know that but what i'm saying is that like this movie gives you all the treats but it's still a horror film. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Like, it's funny, but I'm still genuinely on edge the entire time. And they balance it so well. And Scream is just such a classic. Mm. I'll admit, I did not get the hype, like, at first. Oh, yeah. Because I'd seen Scream once. Yeah. And then we watched it. And I was like, oh, fuck, this movie's great. Yeah. But I didn't get it at first. Yeah. Because I don't like slashers that yeah. much. So I was like, this movie's boring. I don't care. And then I watched it and went, oh, I get it. It's a critique. I was too young to get it. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. And then I watched this one and I went, oh shit, it's still so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept thinking like the more they make, I'm probably not going to enjoy it. But dang, it's still fun. Like, oh, yeah. I
0: unironically love Scream. No,
1: I, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Genuinely a good movie too. Like they, it's spooky. The, the camera angles are really fun because it gives you like an air of mystery of not mm-hmm. knowing what is going on, but they give you little hints and I don't know. It's just, just good. I don't know. It's just great. Uh, still scared of these sorority girls, though. Yeah. I said, so many great characters are dying immediately, because then Buffy dies. My she's sweet Sarah Michelle Geller. Thank you for saying her name, because
0: yeah. I got stuck. I was like, it's not you Jennifer Garner, and I Buffy. know. You Buffy.
1: You said Jennifer Garner at one point. Because I knew I was wrong, and you I was walked like... walked over, and you went, are you saying Jennifer
0: Garner? And I was like,
1: I don't think any of us are talking about Jennifer <laughs> Garner.
0: <laughs> I, I knew I was wrong, but that was the standard. And stand you said it quick, so I was like... Yeah. Um, so... Sarah Michelle Geller. I was stuck yeah, on Sarah the G of the, I know, Gardner, it's the G. Gellery. Yeah. And, and I, they're both popular.
1: They're both yeah. cutie pies. I yeah. get it. And I I
0: love they, Sarah Michelle. They
1: Gellar. don't look alike. I need you to know. <laughs> no, I do know them okay. apart. It was, was truly like, just a name situation. Okay. I was about to roast you, but we're good. No, We've I
0: survived this one. <laughs> okay. I will tell you about two people that I got mixed up real bad in this movie, but it was not. I can. I'm telling you this so you know that I'm telling the truth about yes. Sarah Michelle Geller. I believe you. So when you see Dewey's character uh-huh. in Oh no, you see Billy's character in Stab. Yeah. I thought that was David Arquette with a different haircut and his mustache shaved off. I did not realize that was Luke Wilson.
1: <laughs> no, but that's like kind of fair though. They do okay. have a similar vibe. Thank if you, you take away like that mustache, That helps. Um, Thank you. I can I can see that one. Okay. And Luke Wilson is also like I love Luke Wilson. I think mean, he's... I don't know much about him, but, like, he's a fine guy. Yeah. He does have a face where I'm like, you could be any man. You know? Yeah. Like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's validating. Yeah.
1: Um, Said, so many great characters are dying immediately, which is great. I think this movie is also fun because it's cameos upon cameos, but they feel like they're going to be a main character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was so excited. I was like, here they are! Oh, she's dead. I was yeah. so bummed. I was like, fuck. And then I said... Uh, okay so randy and mickey mm-hmm. i don't know why but in my head i was like sexual tension between oh, these yeah. boys i was like just kiss and then in my head i went it's them
0: because <laughs> in the last one <laughs> do you think they've explored each other's yes! bodies
1: <laughs> and I was like, no, those two had some beautiful gay energy yeah. so these two did and i went it's them it's them and i was on the right path yeah but i didn't trust myself yeah because then immediately i said it's the sorority girls i don't trust them at all this is it and then i said this part's gonna be funny. Uh, you know, Mickey. I said, man, I really like that movie guy. I hope he has a bigger role. <laughs> I didn't know! I get
0: it. I get it. I thought he was such a little cutie. I love Timothy Oliphant. So I was like, oh, let's do this. And so I do know death. the visual difference, but I get Timothy Oliphant's name mm-hmm. mixed up with Timothy Omenson. Yes. And that's fair. Very different actors. Totally different actors, <laughs> but yeah, the names are. Yeah. Um, the theater scene was really
1: cool, which mm. is when she's in the play. I loved that. Yeah. I thought that was really neat because it's also, um, what were they doing? Do you know? Did uh, they say? It was Cassandra. Yes, Cassandra. Yeah. I was like, really cool. Very kind of with her life. I get it. <laughs> it ties it in. Um, but it was also like so different from the way that Scream looks. So you were like, whoa. <laughs> it was just neat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Good lighting. Good, good fun. Chef's kiss. I need to stop getting attached to characters. This is Randy dying. I uh, I liked Randy. Like, I really did. Yeah. And then immediately dead. And I was like, why do I do this to myself? Because mm-hmm. I kept being like, I think Randy's going to save the day. I really think this is it. After I briefly thought he was a murderer.
0: Yes. Briefly.
1: Um, Sydney's so cute. I'm also so sorry she's being stalked. I yeah. don't know why I felt I needed to, to let everyone know. But yeah. Um, there has to be a better way for cops to handle this. I just thought that the detectives were... <laughs> Kind of bumbling, but in like a... What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: When she is being threatened in the library, and one yes, of them ushers her in and then says, stay here right by a door to a stairwell where someone could approach from either side while well, you're being threatened. We're, we're going to go walk around. That was literally my note. And they're running around also being
1: like, let me see your laptop. And I'm like, well, now you've drawn attention. So anybody that knows that you're doing this is just going to run away and be like, can't look at my stuff. <laughs> I was so... I was like, what are you doing? They weren't dewy bumbling. They were like, mm. I don't know, confident bumbling. Yes. Which I was like, you idiots. They're uh, fun.
0: inept, but unaware yes. that they're not good at what they're, they're doing. Like, we're they're we're amazing detectives.
1: Yeah. And I was like, OK.
0: Um, love. There was a gay one. Love that. That would mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you catch the don't ask, don't tell? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. I, was like, He's I was like, don't dick. ask,
1: don't tell. And I was like, you scamp. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, I wore black shoes. Criminal! screamed it all cast yeah uh because it was it was the the black shoes which tricked me again because yeah. then i was like red herring i was like it's obviously going to be like a woman right mm-hmm. so i'm still on the sorority girl train yeah. here i'm really like yeah. you're trying to trick me so loafers. Mm-hmm. so that was yeah and then i said oh cotton might be a real jerk or murderer i feel like this is a red herring unless that's what they want me to think and then i was back on the cotton train <laughs> So now I'm wrong again.
0: I mean, we we all took the cotton train. We all did. Because it was like, "Oh, it's too obvious, but is that what they want me to think? And they're actually tricking me into not thinking it's him?"
1: And then I wrote my scariest moment is how often I'll guess wrong. <laughs> I was just so sure that I was right, but also knew I wasn't. I said, "It's a sorority sister in large shoes." <laughs> so now I'm back. Yep. Where did the cotton apparently was gone. I was yep. like, "Fine. Moved on." Um also, the wild knife wielding behind the door was very funny to me when uh, they closed the door on the arm or something and they're like, mm. blah, blah.
0: Yes! And it was very much from the first film. Yes. It was just like, Wah. And it had
1: the yeah. whoosh, whoosh noises. <laughs> the sound effects and Scream are also great. Yeah. Because they're cheeky and yeah. cheesy and you love it. But then also there is genuinely a murderer and you're like, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie doesn't give you a moment to process emotions and I love that about it. Mm-mm. Um... But they do a good job setting up the shots to make you feel helpless but also you're trying to figure it out so like you're I don't know it's like you're when they're in the screen and she's in the um, film room or whatever and mm-hmm. it's like soundproof and everything it gives you the feeling that mimics watching that movie in the beginning where you're helpless mm-hmm. and you're like it's a spectacle which we already talked about so you're like I don't want to look away but also this is terrifying and I I don't know it's just good stuff yeah uh let's see why is everyone dying in this one every single character yeah i said kind of thought it was mickey but also dang i
0: really think it's those girls <laughs> you really really didn't trust them <laughs> they were just boilerplate shitty prate. they just kept showing
1: up and yeah. being
0: like spooky i was yeah. like
1: you spooky girls I was wrong. I said Rip Derek tried
0: his best. Um, <laughs> um, see that actor always freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, uh, which
1: one is Derek? I said Rip Derek, but now I I'm already am like.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, you don't like him? No, I don't. He seems like so like smooth enough. Where I'm like, yeah, you have a pretty face. And I don't trust me. that. That's what um, I th- yeah. I did like
1: Derek, though, as the red herring, because I never once believed that he was the murderer, only because of the first one, where I was like, you wouldn't do that again. Mm -hmm. Unless? Unless? But I I didn't. I was like, I think that he is purposefully slimy, but kind of nice. Like, everything he was saying was sweet, but the way he would say it was kind of creepy. So I was like, I think he just has bad Bad. timing. I said, this man just can't speak. Yep. So I thought that was funny. And I was like, it's too funny... To make him the murderer, it's more funny to keep him as like an obvious, no, that's not him. He's just stupid. Yep. So that was why I never su- suspected him. And because it was the sorority sisters, as we all know. Obviously. Uh, oh, evil mom is what I've written. And I guessed her in the beginning and didn't even write it down because I'm yeah. like, that's stupid. Yeah. This reporter came in hot and I was like, it's going to be her. She knows too much. Like she mm-hmm. had a lot of info about the other murders, and we didn't see her in the first one. So I was like, who's this woman? And she was like, you gotta do your research. So I was like, it's her. And then I didn't write it down because I went, just kidding. I know it's those girls. I'm not even gonna. <sighs> I even realized that I also guessed her, but second guessed myself. Damn it. Yep. And then I yep. said, Mickey jump scare!
0: That <sighs> yes. was my last note. Incredible.
1: Love the Mickey jump scare. I thought it was hilarious and scary.
0: Yeah. When they're yeah. like, they they always
1: come back. And he's like, Baa! Ah! Yup. <laughs> those uh, are all my notes. I, I don't have anything technical besides that the camera angles. Mimic watching it like on a movie and not really being able to look away. And Mm -hmm. you're, it's almost like you're you're trying so hard to guess who it is that it takes away the fright. Yeah. But then once someone is dead that you like liked in the movie, you're like, oh, now I'm sad. (laughs) It's good.
0: Yeah. I've been trying to like, pay more attention to technical aspects Mm -hmm. and one thing that every now and then I can clock is like music cues yeah and I mean I'm not saying that I was like I caught something really subtle (laughs) it was in your face like a building of tension oh I know it was great when uh is it Hallie or Haley because I remember I know how it's spelled I don't remember how it's said it's spelled like it would be Hallie but I'm like I don't I don't remember now. Because I think it was. I think it was Hallie. I'm sorry, Hallie. I'm so sorry. I really thought that it was Hallie. Because I just like I have subtitles on, and so I see the name overhearing it. Yeah. Uh, And so when they're in the cop car and they have to climb over a ghost face, and you get through all of like Sydney finally getting Mm -hmm. out, and then Hallie has to do it, and you have that buildup of tension where you're like, oh, this is the moment he's gonna grab her, and he doesn't, and then I was like. I don't think he's going to grab her, but the music has to go someplace. Where's the music going? And then it, nothing happens. Right. And the music, like, resolves. And I was and like, it's like, where it go? Why have you done this to me? And then, like, it started building again. Yeah. Something else. I was like, God damn, that was good. They trick you. They
1: they use every single thing to trick you. in And there's yeah. the camera angles, the music, costumes. It's just very well thought out. Yeah. Everything's so intentional.
0: Yeah. And I loved how you have that movie within a movie and a play within a movie. Yes. Uh, And so when they're watching Stab in the theater, you see all of these like banana pants angles of like the shower head. Yes. And then like from below, like you get all of these fun artistic things. And just like, oh, I love it. Because it does separate it from the film itself. Love it. Um, And then this is just like a nerd nugget, I guess. (laughs) Um so in stab that says at the beginning like filmed in stabo vision that's a callback to um uh castle he William Castle I, I I know his movies Yeah William Castle Um so he did the Tingler mm-hmm. he was the one that like loved gimmicks Mhm and 13 Ghosts, the original, was filmed in Illusiono. Oh! Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he had this similar type of gimmick for a couple yeah. other things. Like, one of them was filmed in Percepto. Uh, That's great. But Illusiono, each patron, this is a direct quote, mm-hmm. each patron received a handheld ghost viewer slash remover. During certain segments of the film, a person could see ghosts by looking through the red cellophane or hide them by looking through the blue. Without the viewer, the ghosts were somewhat visible. That's so uh, funny. Yeah. So, the like Stab Vision was like Illusional. And I was right. like, oh, it's so funny because, like, what does Stab O Vision mean? Yeah, what I does don't it know, mean? But, like, the tie of like classic horror and gimmicks. Oh, love that shit. Um, I really thought about writing Nerd Corner about sequels and expectation, <laughs> but I could not. I could not get into it because no? I was like, it, uh, it just felt too daunting. Yeah, because it's a lot. It's so That's much cool. opinion colors it. Where it's like, I know that, like, I, there are so many things where I was like, oh, I hate sequels. But then I'm like, am I just selectively remembering that because it's a trope that sequels are never as good? And they even talk about that in this. And so then I was like. It's a good sequel. (laughs) I think what makes a big difference is when it's planned from the outset versus Mm -hmm. this made a lot of money. Let's see what threads we can pick up. Yes. And it's it's not
1: planned as a sequel already. Yeah.
0: Or if it's like
1: this one has that self-awareness and gimmicky thing to continue making them and can you you can always continue to be self-aware there's always going to be things in society to be aware of whereas like when we watched the conjuring i was like you know that that was great it Mm -hmm. came out great and you were like this is good so i'm going to do it again and the more it kept making the less it was good because they're just they're just picking they're picking things that they think will work that's it yep yep and it was gimmicky instead of like I don't know, worth watching to me. I don't know. This one was fun and I liked, I don't know, all the reasons you said in Nerd Corner.
0: Yeah. So So, I thought about like... I think that's hard. Intention and expectation, but then like, how do you quantify expectation and like, it's just too personal. It's too opinionated. Yeah. Some people would say like, like
1: we're going to do sequels, obviously. And like, some people would say that Halloween 2, maybe it's shit. Maybe they don't like it but other people love Halloween so much that it yeah. doesn't matter how the movie is. They're just excited that there's another one. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really, I don't know. You can't judge it. No? <laughs> I think. I think it's too hard. So that's
0: why I did not do that as Nerd Corner. Because I was like, I can't <laughs> do this It would have been on. so much
1: research. It would have been so, so hard.
0: Uh, I don't have a ton of notes about, like, the movie itself, like, while I was watching it. Right. But, uh, the only other two things, two things? Yeah. Uh... Two things. <laughs> Two things. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Don't say." Well, mm. <laughs> uh, Wes Craven tried to manipulate the MPAA into giving it a specific rating. Like uh, the first scream, I don't remember if that was the one that they wanted to give NC. No, they gave um, Showgirls NC. Seventeen. Showgirls. Oh God! When he said it's scary, I was like, "Yeah, that one's scarier." Show no, with he the was right I laughed
1: really hard and went, mm-hmm,
0: "Fair enough, enough." I agreed. Um, but. I think what what I read was that he intentionally overloaded the film with scenes they never intended to keep in so that when they said you need to cut stuff they would cut the scenes that they didn't want. Right. So he like had a bunch of like when he stabs Ugh. um the guy through the ear yeah. they included like a few other like angles or like squeaky uh, sound effects that they yeah. knew they wanted to cut. So they thought that they could be like, well it's already better than what we First gave you. I don't think it worked very well. That's so funny yeah. that they were like, here's our plan Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is my other note, is that when they find Randy's body in the van, mm-hmm. you see his hand, and on his wrist it looks like a kiss in blood. And I was like, Is that a little kill kiss? Like a little smooch? <laughs> I think it was a blood smear. But I thought it was a little kiss. Well, I did say the boys should kiss. yeah So Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you decide, viewer. Was it a little kill kiss? I think it was. A think it was. Kiss. Yeah. A little smooch. Yeah. Yeah, Finally. so those are my notes.
1: <laughs> those are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I love them. I I just like this movie so much. I oh wish God, that yeah. I had more technical things, but again, I was really trying to decipher the murderer. And I think that's so cool
0: when the plot pulls you in so thoroughly yeah. that like ugh. I enjoy
1: it when I don't take a lot of notes simply because I'm too into it. I think mm. it's fun. I, you know, I maybe a bummer to listen to. Sorry everybody, but it's just I just liked it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for Tropes because I have Ooh, no yeah. idea what you're gonna do? And scariest moment? I just don't know.
0: I think I have mine. I think I do too. Mine is uh when Maureen dies in the theater when she's being killed yeah. by Ghostface. Because Ugh. to me, that like, what's more horrifying than mm-hmm. like you are surrounded by people that could save you, yeah. but they all believe that this is fake, and there's nothing you can do to convince them until it's too late. Yeah, that's horrifying. Ugh
1: yeah that was on my list oh, absolutely because yeah. I was also just like mad about it yes um and then mine was just purely because it spooked me was how um when Dewey's behind the
0: yeah soundproof
1: and Dewey lives spoiler I guess mm-hmm. but um when he's like hitting the glass and he's really desperate and he can't hear anything I just creaked me out because like he's so close to her yeah and I kept being like how does she not hear that like how and then they would cut to her and I'd be like yeah, that's how that's like how. <laughs> Um, so it was really good. I don't know. They do that a lot in horror films. I'm like, well, someone will have headphones or Mm -hmm. something like that. But this one felt scarier because it was like a room creating it that's supposed to be silent and stuff like that. Mm Because with headphones, I'm like, come on, you can hear, right? With this one, I had more belief in it just because I was like, I don't know, maybe it is silent. I've never been in rooms like that. So (laughs) yeah, um, no, that was intense. And then when she hides in the corner, like that whole scene was just really interesting.
0: Yeah. So I like that. Mm, yeah, Spooky. no, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of tropes uh, because I bet. it's a movie about, right. you know, like, it's a whole point. And sequels and stuff. <laughs> so I pull out my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all part of the show mm-hmm. is when something is going horrifically wrong, but the audience thinks it's right. all part of the show. Anyone can die, Randy's death primarily. And when we think Dewey actually died, but then he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Ascended Extra. So, it's someone from the first film that comes back with more yeah. roles that's cotton weary. Right. Uh, avenging the villain, Loomis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For Loomis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Loomis, up in for Loomis. Uh, be careful what you wish for. Wish for. Mm-hmm. Wish <laughs> <With> sh- for. <laughs> so she says, like, you fucking coward, show your face. And he's like, okay. And he's right there. Yeah. Um. So be careful. You asked for it. You didn't you, ask for it. This is not... You, the- we're <laughs> sorry. We're sorry. We're <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, black dude dies first. Yeah. Lampshaded? I guess. I... But it still felt very like i you and i already talked about yeah. like our feelings about I just need it and more con- yeah yeah uh brick joke so this I always feel it's very satisfying when there's actually a brick joke mm-hmm. and it, this is actually in the form of a casting gag. Yeah. So in the first film, they're talking about like who would play them in the movie. Right. And Sydney is like, I'll be played by Tori Spelling. And then she is played by Tori <laughs> oh, yeah, Spelling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And so it's a brick joke from the first that film. Was and I'm just like, oh, symmetry. We love it. <sighs> um, Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's mm-hmm. gunman. A lot of like foreshadowing and like, oh, but the person that ends up being relevant. Yeah. Right. Some red herrings. (laughs) Uh, Creator cameo. So Kevin Williamson was one of the interviewers. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I struggling so much? Really hard today. Uh, One of the interviewers talking to Cotton Weary. And Wes Craven, I think, is in the background at the hospital. Oh, interesting. There's a hospital.
1: Wait, is there a
0: hospital scene? It says in the notes also cameos in the background of the hospital. I don't remember the hospital.
1: I don't either, but I, I believe that it's
0: it's a thing. I don't. Yeah, they exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, someone on tvtropes.org said that Wes Craven uh, cameos in the background of the sure. hospital. Yeah. Sure, don't remember that existed. But all right. But I'm sure it happened. Um, death by Irony. Uh, <laughs> so Randy's the most genre savvy person of the cast. Right. And he gets so, like,. Um, caught up in the story of it and like the plotting of this that he gets <sighs> killed man. by the... Th- yeah. Yeah. And then double tap mm-hmm. with make sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> they always come back. They always come ah! back. That they always come back yeah. is another one, yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. Foreshadowing, five-second foreshadowing. Um, so one of the examples, I think, of five-second foreshadowing is when she's like um, fighting with Loomis and she's like, "You forgot," or like, "I thought so and so was dead." And she like looks over, and it's like, "Ha I tricked you. But then he does end up popping back up, right? Yeah, um, impaled with extreme prejudice. The cop just getting, I know. Oh, god, that was so gross. It was nasty. Needle in a stack of needles. So the real ghost face amongst all the fake oh my god. Faces. I, I, I pluralized all of those words. Ghost
1: faces among ghost faces. <laughs> ghosts faces. Like, yeah,
0: sure ghosts. Faces. <laughs> sure next stall shenanigans uh so when you're overhearing something and a stall next to you oh yeah yeah he thinks he's hearing something maybe kinky yeah it turns out to be a little bit murdery yeah uh no kill like overkill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pre-ass-kicking one-liner uh i love this line and it's like you're forgetting one thing about billy loomis i fucking killed him Yeah. and i'm just like ah! oh so good <laughs> i loved it it's like yeah you did girl uh ripped from the headlines so that's referencing stab which is based off the events right. of scream uh, self-deprecation so I don't know if I really agree with this one but I had it just in Casey's mm-hmm. and it, they say that it's because Maureen states that Stab is about like white people being dumb and getting killed yeah and it, it's referencing the fact that the first film had no people of color and it was very like monochrome casting right I don't know if it's actually like I didn't I, would, I didn't pick up on that but I don't think I think that's too generous right I was like for <laughs> we're being nice yeah uh, sequel escalation. So um his rules are that there has to be a higher body count, there right. has to be like gorier kills, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Sequel hook. Apparently, I did not like oh. validate this elsewhere. Apparently there was supposed to be a mass killer in the bell tower. So the last shot is like Sydney walking across campus yeah. like sad. Mm-hmm. The music is more uplifting than you think it should right. be. Right. Uh and apparently like the bell tower that it passes, they were gonna have a mass killer there as like sequel oh. hook. I don't. I didn't validate that oh. elsewhere, but it was on TV tropes. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, and then my last one. You have outlived your usefulness. <laughs> Loomis killing uh, Mickey. Right. Yeah. So oh. those are tropes. Those
1: are good. Like, yeah. I love the tropes from these kind of movies. They're yeah. always good. Yeah.
0: Oh. I love when there's a stupidly specific trope. Oh yeah, know, just, those are my favorites. <laughs> those are always
1: most fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what to read. This. Yeah, my yeah, instant thought was red herrings because I was uh, like, yeah. I don't, I f- fell for every single yeah. one, apparently.
0: Oh, you Sinister said sorority
1: girls. Sinister. They were. Yeah. They so were. Yeah. What was the one, you said something earlier that made me laugh really hard, but of course yeah. now I'm going to back. It was kill and... kisses. No. No. It was no. something
0: else, but... I certainly don't remember a single thing I've said. I love Sinister Sorority Girls, Sinister so, Sorority since Girls, I yeah. really was stuck on them. Yeah. Might okay. as well. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: cap it off with those. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. One, two. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. I'm going to go four and a half. Yeah. Because it's... it. I think my reason is the same. Yeah. I love the movie. That's yeah. It's great. Yeah. I just didn't understand the yeah. killing the only... Not only, but... Yeah very few people of color in this film. And they mm-hmm. were like, let's go immediately. Huh? Yep. What a fun commentary. Except yep. we'll never talk about it again. Yup. Yup. I was like, oh, OK. Played it for last. a little too heavy there, but yep, yeah. So that's my qualm. Yeah. But I, I did really like the movie.
0: Yeah, I have four and a half yeah. uh, Sinister Sorority Girls. So that's a total of nine Sinister Sorority yeah. Girls, which is alarming. Yeah, um, What <laughs> I is a don't group like of Sinister all? Sorority Girls called? What? What is, it, like, the group, oh, like, like the... Oh, a grouping? Yeah, like a murder of... A squat. Mm.
1: I almost said a squealing. Because huh? they always go, ee! when they ee! Ee! see each other. I was <laughs> thinking
0: a sorority squat, but a squatting of sinister sorority. Squat- squatting <laughs>
1: is really funny. <laughs> we, oh, it's got to be squatting. Okay.
0: I was in a sorority, and so well, I, I think that I can I know, make honestly, fun like of my this.
1: best friends are in sororities. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I know that they're actually lovely. I just... Yeah. <laughs> whenever... We had one at Hunter Vine where every time they'd see each other, it was like, ee! Yeah, yeah, and we every time we saw them, we would do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: we have nine sinister sorority girls, which is a squatting of that's a sorority. squatting. Yeah, technically, that yeah. is the minimum requirement for a squatting. Has to be nine um, <laughs> at minimum. Um, but yeah, same thing is like the qualm because yeah. there. I feel like so many people think that when you just like call out, like, oh, isn't it shitty that like this is a trope that's not actually like. You're just... Doing anything beyond calling attention to it. You're not actually, like, critiquing yourself.
1: No. You are
0: not doing any work to overcome that. You're just like, we're aware that we do shitty things. And... And But you just did it. Yeah. (laughs) You just did it. If they had made her
1: live because she understood and was smart, I would have loved it so much. Or if
0: it became, like, something that came back more than just their names or the reason they were chosen. So, yeah. It just doesn't actually subvert... No. the like systemic injustice in no. any way. And so like that's where I'm just like, mm, yeah, mm, mm. could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> so. But otherwise, I fucking love this film. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the other Screams. Me neither. But I love Scream, and mm-hmm. I love Scream too. So here we so, are. So here we yeah. are.
1: I'm glad that we got a sequel. Our first yeah. one of the month was good. Yeah. Because like obviously we talked about sequels could be, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. So crap I'm pumped about this one being
0: great so yes yes yes, yes. hope it continues <laughs> here's hoping here's hoping <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of screen too yeah. if you enjoyed your time with us we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and interview on apple podcasts that helps other folks find us and we just really love reading what you have to say I, do, I love it every now and then someone will reach out on instagram and it's just the sweetest thing and it makes me so happy <laughs> so kind oh. you can follow us on instagram speaking mm-hmm. of at just go with it and every week we'll post the movie for the week no context quotes mm-hmm. that sort of thing I uh, extend show notes on our website just school with it mm-hmm. about the first half I think are <laughs> We're on in there. there It's a it's a hefty lift and a yeah. project for me to get them all on there I was But I gonna like, do it. Yeah, uh, you could even take a look at our patreon at patreon.com slash school it And we stay up to date with our patrons. <laughs> yeah Yeah <laughs> uh, Except uh, the postcards that have I mailed yet? Of course not, but they're written <laughs> They're written. We wrote Calm them down <laughs> We say at the people who have been nothing we but kind. We <laughs> love them
1: so much. They're great. We actually
0: had um, a horror game last night, so that was super fun. I got a little frustrated.
1: Playing Alien Isolation, that game yeah. is fucking hard. It
0: is punishing. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Kim, Kelly, Niho, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Jess, Ada, Dalton, Andrew, and Olivia. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Uh, they're the best. Thank you for your support. Love them dearly. Yes. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccozella. The cover is by her very own Nikki Solomon. I was the killer all along! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I apparently wouldn't, so...
0: Red hairy. Even if it was
1: me. <gasps> oh, no!
0: I have to shift.